within a minute, Dick Adele knew you, your family, your girlfriend, <laughs> everything about your history. And you. He can tell you my, my parents' first names, uh, my siblings, and he's very demanding and wants to win, but he, but he cares about it. That speaks volumes. He was a family person. Yeah. Number one, you were on the Army team. His attitude fit in with the way the Army is, which is very much team. Yeah. You know, there are no individuals. It's all about the team. Mm -hmm. And and he cared because the team included the families, the friends, yeah. you know, the whole team is what made the program successful. And he, he was just brilliant. I mean, he, he had a mind that he never forgot things. Yeah. He, he met someone once, he knew them for life. It wasn't just, I know the name, I know the people, how's it going, you inquire about it. And then he get us on the field and beat us to death. <laughs> we, we, we called him the ogre. Welcome to the Fred Opie Show, where we learn how to make a difference on and off the field. I'm your host, Fred Opie, a former Syracuse University and U.S. National Team athlete, now historian. I use the oral histories of my guests to help you figure out what your gifts are, find the right school to develop them, and give you a plan to give, save, and spend your money and time wisely. In an interview we did with two of Army's all-time greatest guys I grew up watching as a youngster in the Hudson Valley in New York, and that is All-American Jose Oliverio and All-American Bob Henry. Both these guys are from Long Island, one from Suffolk, one from Nassau, both multi-sport athletes, and we'll hear about their lacrosse journeys. We'll hear about what it was like to play for the late, great Dick Adele when he was the head lacrosse coach at Army. Some fantastic teams. I asked him about great teammates. I asked him about Dave Slavkowski, which was Dick Adele's longtime assistant, both at West Point and at Maryland, and why he was such an important part of those West Point teams. I asked him about great players. So they talk about Sid Abernathy, Mike O'Neill. They talk about uh, Mike Buzzle, Jeff Long. And we have interviews with those great players already in our podcast archive. So if you go to fredopi.com, and take a look at the link to your athletes blog you can find stories and interviews from the podcast on those folks bob and jose are hilarious one guy a goalie but a very non-traditional goalie as you'll hear jose used to face off used to clear the ball i think he had a couple goals or assists and then we talk about bob henry who was this great takeaway defenseman that used to drive his defensive coordinator crazy with his style bob also talks about playing football at the point and playing for the current head uh, football coach at Alabama, Nick Saban. They talk about Jose trying out for the U.S. national team in 1978, Bob Henry trying out for the U.S. national team in 1982 and being an alternate, and then how the game of lacrosse has changed since their careers playing at West Point. That's today on the Fred Opie Show. I'm Bob Henry, Uniondale High School, graduated in 1977. Jose Alvaro graduated from uh, Brentwood High School in Long Island in 1974. And back in 1970, I'd say, I was in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my first year I started playing. It was a new thing, wooden sticks. I started off playing midi, then attack. And by the end of the season, I was, I was a goal because I was only returning player coming to ninth grade. Back then, ninth grade, you were still in, in uh, middle school. And I, I just enjoyed it. I just, just watched it, hearing friends from soccer and, and, and wrestling teams. That, that's what turned me on. The best player coming out of during that conference was Frank Urso, okay. a midfielder from Maryland. Okay. He was phenomenal. I was a sophomore and he was a senior. We were so big, we were in split session. So I played uh, JV at 10th grade okay. uh, in high school, so he played varsity. So I never, I was never on the same field with him uh, in high school. 
But you, you saw him play? Oh, yeah. When we played against him, too. So we played against him at Army when he was at Maryland, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, so that was ugly. Do you want to go to school without student loans? Need an after-graduation five-year plan? Are you interested in increasing your income and creative outlets? Do you have a plan to give, save, and spend more? My new book, Start With Your Gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. It's the best book I know out there for accomplishing these goals. If you got a kid who was like me, a big time lacrosse junkie, have him read the book. It's a lacrosse memoir slash career advice. It will save you a lot of headaches in the future and your child, male or female. If you know a kid who's into hockey, basketball, whatever the sport is, it's a good book for a kid like that. It's appropriate for somebody who is 14 to 44. If you have kids or grandkids and you want to make a difference in their life, purchase them a copy of Start With Your Gift. It's available in Kindle and paperback and you can get it on Amazon.com. Bob, how did you start playing? Well, I, I grew up like like Jose, pretty good athlete, but I played football, basketball, and baseball on the streets when I was a young guy, and uh, took that all the way through ninth grade and started thinking about college, and all my buddies were like, you need to stop playing baseball, because in our high school, I think one guy got a baseball scholarship, but on our high school lacrosse team, mm -hmm. I think we had 12 out of a starting 10 that got scholarships to college with lacrosse, so I was like... It's a stick, you hit people, I can play that game. <laughs> so in 10th grade, I picked up lacrosse and, you know, I could knock it down and kick it at that time. And uh, sooner or later, I learned how to catch and throw and play a little and uh, did pretty well. The biggest influence in my, my, my recruiting was, was my wrestling coach in high school. Joe Campo, phenomenal coach. He had uh, two sons going to West Point at the time, oh, wow. uh, Mike, Mike and Joe. Joe Campbell, wrestling coach, great, great American, great influence, very solid, sound. And he's the one that actually pointed me towards towards West Point, mm -hmm. my senior year. Up to that point, I was real close to going to Brown University because the assistant lacrosse and soccer coach was the brother of my high school senior year lacrosse coach. Were, yeah. were you getting letters from lacrosse programs around the country? Coach Edward did at Washington Lee. Okay. He, he, he recruited me uh, for Washington Lee from in high school. Okay. And it's funny because uh, I, I asked, uh, it would be interesting to ask him what would have happened had both myself and Charlie Brown, who ended, yeah. up, did, ended up going to, to Washington Lee, had gone there. Charlie Brown was from Ward Melville. Oh. Great goal, too. Mike so, Federico, Charlie Brown, Jose Alvaro. <laughs> okay. Some of the best that ever played the okay. game all in the same years. Brown, Richie Moran from Cornell, he tried to recruit me. The only thing I remember with, with Cornell, I mean, they had a great program, obviously, yeah. back in the day. The thing about Cornell was, but the thing with Cornell was uh, their, their soccer program. Okay. Uh, back then, you could play more than one sport. I mean, now, it's just single, single sport, basically, athletes. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, I liked soccer, so I wanted to play two sports, and I would have had to give up okay. soccer and full lacrosse, pretty much, in uh, most of these other schools, such as... Cornell, uh, probably Washington League, Kings Point, some of these other schools. You um, could have done both. Yeah. Did you go to camp at all? I mean, did camp play a role in it? Not at all. Not at all. Back then, there was no such thing. That really. Probably that coupled with the fact that, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint, we we didn't have that 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 option. Were you the first one to go off to school? That was my experience. No, no. My uh, both my sisters went went to college. 
But understanding the whole admissions process and all that, you understood that from your siblings? No, not really. <laughs> it was different because of all the uh, the recruitment, the sports, the sports side. But you know, back then, I think it was nowhere as formal, as structured as it is now. Mm -hmm. with, with kids playing playing lacrosse or any sport for that matter. I mean, back then, you didn't. I, there People, was there were no summer we, leagues. I remember we recruited at the yeah. academy for guys to come. Bob yeah. Hanson, remember, come yeah. in and never played before and yeah. came out starting in NCAA lacrosse. Exactly, yeah, top ten. Yeah. They were, they were, the camps, yeah. I mean, Just they were very limited. Never went to a lacrosse. Yeah, likewise, we never. You know, I mean, plus <laughs> coming from from Brentwood, sports camps are for the rich kids. <laughs> that, that was the kind of yeah, exactly. yeah. Exactly. And Brentwood was a lot yeah. richer than Uniondale. <laughs> In high school, my senior year, I was all Eagle County in all three sports: soccer, okay. wrestling, and lacrosse. Okay. I was uh, all American in, in soccer, okay. and I was second team all County behind Charlie Brown in lacrosse. <laughs> but I, again, I think uh, it was my wrestling coach that, that turned me on to uh, to West Point, and that was February of my senior year. It is very, very late uh, since I was recruited. I did not have to go through the normal the process okay. of getting a congressman, getting an appointment, getting a nomination. The athletic association got me into into oh, West Point. You <laughs> the first day, and, and uh, you put to West Point. You we're filling out these all these papers, and one of one of the, one of the uh, questions was, "Who gave your 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 appointment, your nomination?" I didn't have a clue. I didn't know who it was. Yeah. And, I, and actually, the academy doesn't use all the appointments yeah. nationally, so they put those yeah. to the athletic teams okay. and the special students that are exceptional, so, okay. so that they bring folks in that are yeah. needed. Tell me your, your story. I, I football was my number one. Okay. Sure, I was all on Island in football, and then all county and lacrosse. Lacrosse was just an add-on. Yeah. Uh, really wanted to go to college for football and lacrosse. I uh, wanted to go to a good academic school for engineering. I wanted to be an electrical engineer because I had a, a girlfriend, brother, who actually was working AT&T and he made good money, $600 a week or something. I could have a job doing that if mm -hmm. I could just get my degree in engineering. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, he was a Vietnam vet and so I said, well, you know, I need to get a good school. So I primarily looked at the Ivy Leagues who don't give scholarships, had several small schools for football. Temple, Lafayette, had offered football scholarships, but it wasn't really a recruiting kind of thing. It was yeah. just, hey, Bob, you don't fit in, you know, the big number <laughs> one Division One schools for linebacker. We can get you in all these other places. We'll only give you a scholarship. Ivy League's no. I did get recru recruited two schools. One was Hopkins because of two guys on the team with the, from Uniondale. <laughs> Joe, Joe Garavanti was an All-American in Hopkins from Uniondale. And then Joe Kovar played at Hempstead. He was a Hofstra guy eventually, mm -hmm. and he they played locally in all the leagues, and I played in the summer league, I think one or two years in high school. And they wanted me to go to Hopkins, and Hopkins, of course, was the school back then. Yeah. Did you and go do a visit? I did a visit. Unfortunately, it seemed like a medical school to me at the time. They didn't sit up there with the MITs and Columbias of the world. Later on, as I joined the Army, I found out they had the Applied Physics mm -hmm. Lab, and they're probably one of the biggest FFRDCs, federally funded research and development centers okay. in the nation. A great electrical engineering program. I just never knew it. Okay. And uh, ah, so I, I turned down. They they also did Hopkins of the year. I would have won '78 a trip that they went three weeks for uh, just advertising lacrosse. They went for Denver oh, wow. for a week. They oh, went wow. to California a week, and they went to Hawaii for a week. They said, <laughs> Bob, if you come to the school, you can go on that visit. And everything was kind of. I was thinking about it, but it came down to money. You know, I looked at that. 
looked at Army, had, had a high school lacrosse coach at Harvard, could have went to Harvard, I actually applied and got in there. And another one of the defensemen from Uniondale went to Harvard, oh. Frank Prezioso, he was, he was an honorable mention in 81. Again, it was just the money thing. They had me lined up for jobs in the gym and all that. That lacrosse guy from Uniondale was Ricky Bafalco. He was captain at Army in 76. Captain of the okay. team, yep. came and recruited, yep. had come to Uniondale, whenever they'd show up for recruiting. And he came with one of those little eight millimeter cameras and showed a movie about West Point and the Academy. He was in uniform, cross yep. guy, yep. never ever interested in Army. And he got done with his thing, and of course I was a long hair kind of guy, you know, <laughs> Pretty good athlete, Can't pretty good academic. <laughs> much worse, but um, <laughs> you know, get the thing and just don't. I just didn't have an interest. Got all done, and he was packing it up. And one of my buddies asked him, "Hey, is that your car out front?" Some guy had driven up in a brand new Monte Carlo, like a '76 black Monte Carlo. Interesting. <laughs> just classic, beautiful car. Of course. You know, my bicycle was about broke then. <laughs> we did not have cars yeah. in high school back then. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, what a great car, you know. And then he said, you know, biggest mistake I ever made going to West Point. He bought that car. I said, wow, what a shame. What do you mean? Corvette. Should have got a Corvette. <laughs> the greatest deal you'll ever do is go to Army. You get paid money. They put money in savings. You get great discounts. I should have bought the Corvette. That's what I should have done. <laughs> I looked at, I had, I, since I was 11, I had a basic, I had a paper route in Hempstead, <laughs> on Fulton Street, Fulton Avenue. They had, a, they had a Chevy dealer on Hempstead Turnpike with a Corvette on one of those things that spins around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like $6,000. It was an outrageously expensive car. Yeah. Always dreamed about that Corvette. So he told me about the Corvette thing. So I signed the little 3x5 and mailed it in. I went to Army. So I'm, I'm a car committee, bought me a Corvette my senior year. The academy and the military goes on. <laughs> but well, I, I went there for football. I did not. Oh, you did. I did not get recruited for lacrosse. I didn't know that. I played okay. a linebacker my freshman year. As, as a freshman, <laughs> when you go to army, you sit at attention, and you are structured in what you're allowed to do to eat. Meaning, upperclassmen grill you on questions. They they teach you how you learning and memorizing history and discipline of the academy. So oftentimes the food is, you're not allowed to take big bites. So you're, you're, you're sitting at attention and you're squaring off your meals, very small bites so that you can always respond to somebody professionally. Okay. So you taught etiquette to a very, Excuse. to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. uh, but we go a little beyond that in the freshman, you teach them that, boy, that big old pea you're about to eat is way too big, mister. So when you have to start cutting peas, oh my God, it's a bad it's day. A game. It's, a game. It, it's a game they play. And so it's, it's very difficult with the stress of academics, with the stress of the academy, the cadets actually run the school. They okay. they run the administration. There's a chain of command. You, you're you in the army, so you have organizations, and those organizations train. They take care of you. They train the students, and you have different positions through every year. Freshman year is painful. You're just with well, the way the meal thing is, is it means that most most freshmen are probably going to be losing weight because of the grill and a half. Wow. And uh, and then if you're on core squat sports, if you're on Division One core squat, you sit on tables where you're allowed to eat. And now okay. you have by double by teams. Okay. So now you're with your teammates and you're allowed to get double portions of food at the academy. It's yeah. Very good. Even and it, even you, know, you can relax and have a conversation. Exactly. Right. To the level that anyone can relax as okay. a freshman. And, that and, makes and, a big difference. But a very big difference being on the core squad tables. So I, that was that was a biggie. And and I had gone from football 
to lacrosse. So I actually started on core squad tables. Then you had a little dead time where well, I would, went back to the, the core of cadets in my company as, oh, you were a football guy and you got the you got over. fun. You got over on the system for the last three months, four months, and they beat you to death. Going back to lacrosse was, thank God. The academy you're doing a really high quality education. Think of an Ivy League education. I'm throwing on top of that military training. Uh -huh. So you have to inspect your room. I remember getting inspected Inspection. four or five Inspection. times a day. Meaning every day, you know, when your your bunk is made, you dust, you put everything, dress right, dress. Five times a day for all four years, uh -huh. you're inspected. So you, you, you get used to a very high standard. And as a freshman coming out of the civilian world, that is such a different environment than mm. most people have ever expected in their lives. Yeah. Uh, very stressful. Plus you have a memorization thing where you're memorizing tons and tons of history. Front page of the New York Times, you're doing, well, you know, how many tiles are in the ceiling, you know, what's the history of this? How many that? gallons in how, the uh, what? You know, how's the cow? It's, 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 a, it's a great tradition that really stresses the mind academically and then physically, of course, the normal PT and all the yeah. other things you do. So what the what the academy really tries to do is put you under so much stress that if you survive that, everything else so seems easy. Exactly. You know, the, when, academically, I tell you, if you're on a course squad, you don't have the afternoon to do your studies. You're committed to sports, okay. where yeah, other that's, other yeah. cadets get to study, do homework. Okay. You're the first time you touch a book is after dinner, which yeah. is yeah. around seven ish. Seven, yeah. And, and you're and, tired. You know, you're tired, and you're given at wow. least you know ten hours of work to do. <laughs> and, and you got four. And you got four. And so the guys that get straight A's are just brilliant people. I, I, my hat's off to them. For the rest of us, I needed to study it. And you can't. It's trading off. You know you have to do your math because yeah. you're getting graded. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to stand up and say, I didn't do the work. That's, right. that's a bad day. You got English, history, psychology, philosophy, all the other mandatory yeah. things. I didn't read a book just by looking at it. I had roommates that were, gee, they, they'd hold the book and they'd know the insides of it. I had to actually read the words, and then I didn't remember what I read. And like Jose said, I didn't do all the work because you didn't have time. So you, you balance constantly changing your priorities to make sure you stay above, above water. And it's challenging, you know, for the normal person. Oh, yeah. But after that freshman year, it is nothing to sit down and memorize something. Yeah, you're you got, yeah, just like your yeah, mind, you, you, you train the mind like you train the body. When you learn, it's so easy to do something because you've been doing it for so long. The training is, you can do it. There is nothing you yeah. can't do if you put your mind to it, if you put your body to it, put your whole life and soul to something. You can accomplish anything. Freshmen did not leave West yeah. Point grounds, period. Huh. You know, exactly. I, I had the opportunity to go with a soccer team lacrosse team go off on away games, spring break, I think we went to Florida. One weekend a semester, you, know? you had, well, you had off Saturday night till Sunday. Yeah. And then as you move up in the years, you, you get, get like a weekend where you could skip Saturday classes yeah. and go off Friday and come back Sunday. Yeah. And a very little free time yeah. in those four but years. But once you got on the lacrosse bus, it was... Yep, you were yeah. on the lacrosse bus. You were yeah. focused on playing. Okay. Yeah. Please email me at fdopie at gmail.com and share your questions. I will repeat them on the show so people get the benefit of your question and my response. Invite me to speak and host the Fred Opie Show at your school, club team, or camp by emailing me at fdopie at gmail.com. Hosting the show is a great way for the oldest students who are interviewed to pass on positive peer pressure to younger students. And during the Q&A with the audience, I share a perspective I wish I had when I was younger. Now back to the show. You had coach Adele. Oh, man.
Right. Yeah. But he himself really never did any recruiting. It was more football. No, kind of showed up and, hey, coach, can I play? <laughs> you know, and then within a minute, Dick Adele knew you, your family, your girlfriend. <laughs> Everything about your history, and he was, you know, he was excited, you know, after you talked. Well, I think that's a great transition. I, I want to talk. I know you only had Coach Adele for two years, and you had a fall for you. But talk about Dick Adele. For me, he's he's a legend. Oh, he is. He, he is by anybody who knows him. What was it about him that uh, made him a great coach? I care about his players beyond the action on the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could, to this day, he can tell you uh, my, my parents' first names. My my uh, my siblings. I mean, he's a phenomenal member, and he's very demanding and wants to win, but he but he cares about it. And that speaks volumes. He was a family person. Yeah. Number one, you were on the army team. His attitude fit in with the way the army is, which is very much team. Yeah. You know, there are no individuals. It's all about the team, mm-hmm. and and he cared because the team included the families, the friends. Yeah. You know, the whole team is what made the program successful, and he he was just brilliant. I mean, he he had a mind that. He never forgot things. He, he met someone once, he knew them for life. It wasn't just, I know the name, I know the people, how's it going, you inquire about it, and then he get us on the field and beat us to death. <laughs> we, we, we called him the ogre. What kind of coach was it? A lot of sprints, a lot of gases. A lot of conditioning. A lot of conditioning. We ran. Uh, Always running uphill. Fundamentals, stress fundamentals. Absolute ground balls, yeah, basics, catching. I mean, yeah. and it all, and that's like any you go professional football player, that's, it's all the fundamentals. If you do the fundamentals right, everything else works out, you know, at the higher levels. If you don't do the fundamentals right, you just can't win mm-hmm. when you get to those critical points in the game. And we did fundamentals. Hustle. You had to Never give 110% up. every second you're on the field. And he did not like showboating. If anything, that Dick Adele taught you, got to keep you got to talk. You got to talk constantly on everything, back every, and that, that's one of the things I think we did very well, which makes a team yeah. work much better. Yeah. If you yeah. don't talk as much on on any sport, mm-hmm. it's so much. It's like playing basketball with a stick, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's you have to call out what's going on and who needs help and who doesn't. Where slides yeah. are coming from. And then yeah. the goal, you've got to be able to come out after loose balls, mm-hmm. you know. You got you got to be athletic so you can beat that attack into the ball to the end line. You got to be able to come out out, out and pass right handed, left handed. Mm-hmm. You know, especially on a clear. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna hurt you're gonna hurt your team. So to me, it, it, being a goalie, you've got to be able to have all the technical skill as a field player. Yeah. You know, in addition to being able to stop shots. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like I tell goalies nowadays, your first job is to stop shots. No one can take that away from you. Mm-hmm. But you got to do a lot more than that. Otherwise, you, you, you're not you're not being as good as you can be. Hmm. That's the bottom line. I tell you first, another person I want to ask you guys about, Coach Slap, Dave Slap. What did he bring to the team? Well, I mean, he had a, he had a good Hopkins career. A great with Hopkins player. Background offenses yeah. that were really the best in the nation. Here. Yeah, so who ran the defense? Don Tiller. Yeah. Who was a, 59 Schmeiser Award winner, 1959 Army. Schmeiser Award, I don't know. That's that one. the uh, number one defenseman in the nation, yeah, Division One. Is that the same award that you got? Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. He really? was all American football, all American yeah. lacrosse. He was great. He hated me with a passion. No, <laughs> just, he hated the way I played, my style of play. He was a very conservative. <laughs> I was a little less than conservative. I, I wanna, that's the only thing I have on my agenda to actually talk to you about. Look, so Coach Slab ran your offense. Tom Caffaro showed up once in a while. Yeah, TC. Great, great yeah. attackman, 71 graduate, uh, led the nation. And, um, you know, he was the number he one attackman yeah. in the nation in okay. 71. Yeah. You the finer, finer points. Okay. When you get a guy leaning, when to pass, pass that on onto the players. And that, that was greatly appreciated. Big, big help Scott Finley, one yeah. of the All-American attackman. Yeah. Just 
great ton of Kreisman. Having Slav there working oh, yeah. the offense, yeah. we we did some great things, which made sense. Mm -hmm. You know, they exactly. went screening goalies, taking shots, going yeah. low, setting. I mean, how you work the crease from behind, coming around. Yeah, so it's not see anymore screening the goalies. That that's a lost You just wonder. You know, it's, it's yeah. one of those simple basics. That, huh. You got a guy Shoot with the a ball, great the guy's shot. feet and stuff like yeah. that. And I think people are afraid to get hit. That's all. How would you describe uh, Jose Stop? He got by far the best athlete <laughs> in the nation in the goal. He talked running, he playing, he was a midi. He could do anything athletically. But he was also a linebacker. We talked a little earlier about this. Okay. We had probably the one one of the best linebackers in the nation sitting in the lacrosse goal, waiting for attackmen to come around the goal. And for a defenseman, you know, we, we played a very strong team concept. We all knew each other's weak strengths and weaknesses and backed up everybody perfectly as best we could. But having Jose was that seventh, you know, having like three or four extra defensemen on the field because you could give half the field to the inside. And if the attackman was silly enough to go to the inside, he would never, ever do it again for the rest of his life against Army if Jose was there. And it, it really changed the game and it allowed some of us to really overplay. Now, uh, Coach Del being real conservative, did he ever give you a hard time for doing that? He was a physical guy. He, yeah, you know, he liked to hit. You know, oh, yeah. Jose knew the right time. He was fast. He was like a cat. And if he came out of the goal, the guy didn't get a shot off in front of the goal. Period. Back, back then, I remember uh, with, uh, with Coach Dell, whenever we had problems clearing the ball. Oh, Jose just run it? I just, yeah, I just used to crease to get open. Get the ball and go one one with attack, man. And you know, luckily, I don't think I ever, I nope. got scored on it. I went one on one. He, he, he scored any goals? Yeah, I think I might have once. Uh, he would yeah. run the length of the field, <laughs> yeah. and he'd be and he'd run the length back before. And you know, you never want a goalie to run the field. Jose, you want to be clear on anybody? Well, that's it. Remember when I was facing up? Jose so how did that start? I remember that like it was yesterday. So you didn't face off in high school, or no, not at all. You you never played offense in high school. No. So who was the one? Which coach said, "Hey, did you play man up a little bit too, or no? Or was it just facing off?" No, they, they, we tried a lot of different things. Uh, I, I tell you, the way the way the whole midfield thing came about was uh, my freshman year. Mm -hmm. I was I, I was telling you, I, I was I was a goalie. I uh, the team captain. Wallace Schaefer was a goalie, mm -hmm. and I ended up uh, getting a starting job over him. Uh, and then they had had a pretty good uh, year. I don't mention all Americans as a freshman. I didn't know that. So fast forward, sophomore year, first game, and I remember uh, Coach Al Paisano, my coach's first few years at Army. Coach Paisano said, "Hey, you know, we we really need help in the midfield, especially facing off, uh, and we think you can help." And he asked me, he said, Do you, would you consider playing midfield facing off for us? Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that you're not going to be an All-American like you did, you were last year in the goal. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I just told him, I, hey, I said, yeah, I, whatever you need. Yeah. If you need me to face off, I'm midfield, I'll do it, no problem. Mm -hmm. Whatever's best for the team. Mm -hmm. So after the first game in the goal, I was midfield. Playing on a regular line? Yeah. Okay. I, was, I was midfield facing off. Uh, I mean, I wasn't, wasn't that effective of a midfielder yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to somebody, somebody of my, my counterparts. Yeah. Until the last game of the season against Navy. He put me back in the goal. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was, that, that, my, my sophomore year was, was an interesting year. It was an interesting year. So you played uh, both. And then yeah. your junior year, it was when Coach Adele came. That's his first how did, year. How did he know to let you play yourself? I mean, I, it's kind of weird. 
Yeah, I, I guess he just felt, uh, you know, I guess he, he saw the athleticism, the, the strength in, in, in that I had, and he thought, hey, maybe we can we can use you for that aspect and put you back in the goal. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was. It was <laughs> and he always, also coached you in soccer, too. <laughs> Coach Del coached no. soccer. No, that's after I left. I left oh, the next yeah. year. Oh, yeah, yeah, after I left. He actually yeah. had a year in soccer. Or yeah. A year or two. Two years, I think. He, coach he, he in soccer. Coach in soccer. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so I, I, I'd face off, you know, and then hopefully win it or change stick and get run back in the, run yeah. back in the goal. A lot of young guys had never saw Bob Henry play. Defenseman of the year, 1981. What would you say to young people as something you could take from his game and say, you know, this is a, a quality that you should have? His freshman year was my senior year. So I got to see him early on as far as his college career. And you can tell right off the bat that he he was a step above. Mm -hmm. He was he was strong, he was fast, he took risks, but calculated risks, and, and if it if it fell through, he was strong enough and smart enough to recover. Mm -hmm. And I think that's 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 what sets him apart. The fact that he, he takes risks and usually successful, mm -hmm. but the few times that he wasn't, mm -hmm. he, he'd be able to make up for it. I got beat a lot in the first <laughs> couple of years. I, I and just I to talk about this. I didn't understand the game. I just wanted to go take the ball away from the person. Everything else didn't matter. When my guy got the ball, the game stopped. I was either going to take the ball or get beaten. And if I got beaten, I wasn't beaten it's until the ball was in the goal, and rarely does the ball go in the goal. Okay. And so I was yeah. often chasing people from behind exactly. and just waiting on them, and they'd go to it. shoot, take the ball away, and right. I'd run up the other thing. Yep. What did you learn that stuff? My freshman year as a long stick, I got to play against some great teams. I remember playing some of the, you know, the heroes of my day in high school from Hopkins, uh -huh. and the middies didn't know how to handle a long stick. So I could go out there and run with any of them and take the ball away from some of the best people in the world. Uh -huh. And they were scared to death, and, and that was horrible, telling me they were scared. And so for middies, as long as I pressured them, they were off their game. If you leave them alone, great athletes, great sticks, they would, you know, they'd tear us up. But that pressure then went over to the close defense when I was on, on the ball. And I, I told you about Don Tiller from 1959. Yeah. He did not like that kind of defense. <laughs> okay. He was a sit-back, hold the player, force him to pass, poke check, and stop. I was an over-the-head rat, <laughs> run him down, let him beat you, take the ball away. After he you know, had six foot of stick, I used every inch of it. So how did you negotiate that with your coach? Did Coach Adele basically protect you and let you do your one? Or how do you think you got away with the defensive coordinator saying, I don't like this, this they, stuff? Uh, they fought me a lot, I think. They didn't like the first couple of years as much because we were much yeah. more of a team. And I think of after about my second year, we adapted the team to my style of play. More really? yeah. and, and of course, the first couple of years, having Jose in the, the goal was perfect. I could chase a guy from the end zone, and he'd run in, and if I'd just give, you know, overplay him to the outside, yeah, okay. give him the inside. If he went inside, Jose had him. Okay. If he went outside, I had him. Okay. It was yeah. it was cheating, but it worked <laughs> great. And it, <laughs> it really annoyed, threw off a lot of offenses when you get a guy on a man down, overplaying the ball. The whole man down stops because either the ball's on the ground or the guy's on the ground or something. And it was really different. And I, you know, never really thought I was special with him. I was, I was just having fun. Yeah, see, but the other thing about, about Bob, though, he, he had a quick stick. Yeah. And, but he played aggressive. He also intimidated you with, with the body checks. The attackman's trying to cat you. And for me, I was on the other extreme of I was just looking for a pattern. And it didn't matter if it was a rap check, over the head check. You just wait and you see the weakness on the guy and just set it up and 
Boom. Just run with it and you take the ball and run. I had a pretty good rap check at the time. Pretty good, you know, yeah. where I could hit the, the pocket, uh -huh. pop the ball out, attack and keep running. It was just fun stuff. I was used to overplaying. And I think, and part of that, you know, the moral of the story is I overplayed the best players constantly. And I just got better because I kept trying to play better. People doing better and trying things and failing. I, and like, see, I'd get beat when I first started playing more than any probably anyone on the field because I was taking those chances. Mm -hmm. But as long as you didn't give up, you could get beat in one check, chase the guy, and, you know, most people think, well, he's beat. You don't beat me with one step. You need three. And no one was going to beat me with three steps. Exactly. And so it, it always typically ended up in my favor, which was a lot of fun. I tell you, I had more fun playing. Did you cover Michael O'Neill? Yeah, I covered O'Neill. And I think the toughest guy I ever played, actually, I think was Cook. He was just a solid. I couldn't take. I could take the ball away from anyone on the planet. Uh -huh. Cook, I couldn't. He he protected the ball better than anyone. Uh -huh. Huh. And he was big and strong, and he'd always try to back in, and I'd always push him out. And I don't think he did great against me, but uh, but I didn't do great against him. I, that's the only guy that ever stood out in my career. I didn't have an easy time taking the ball. I remember Frank Urso played against him in Maryland, freshman and sophomore years. They, okay. yeah, I mean, they killed us. Wait, wait, wait. You just can't rush by Frank Urso. Frank, we're sorry. Wait, 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 explain to me. Why was he good? Well, the thing with Frank, he, he's such a great athlete. He was quick. Fast, huge, and strong. Think of, think of Jim Brown. He could, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he was unbelievable. Plus, technically, he would, I'll never forget, faced off against us. He wins the face off, and his wingman streaking down. Full stride behind the back pass. Uh -huh. In stride for a fast break, and they scored on us. It's like, what do you do? He had great skills. Oh, yeah. Frank was good. Frank was tough. Then from Hopkins, there's Franz Wittelsberg. No one could stop him. He's so big. Yeah, he's probably about 6'5", well over 200. Bulls weight right to the crease. But then you had some of the other guys. Keep on from Navy. Abernathy, Sid, other good players. A buzz for his game, what he did. He was one of those wiry, just fast. He was the number one attackman in 80? Yeah. yeah, I covered him then, and then Sid in Sid 81. Jeff Long was always, he's just a smart player. Very smooth. Yeah. Very smooth player. Yeah. Great athlete. They did, they did. Uh, I lost maybe five times in four years at Army. <laughs> Start with your gift. Understand and monetize it while serving others with it. This is my latest book. Read a sample chapter of Start With Your Gift on my website, fredopi.com. Welcome back to this edition of The Fred Opie Show, unpacking history to positively impact the future. Either you had any opportunity to try out for any of the USA teams? I tried out for the 78 and I went to England. Summer of 77. Tom Postel was still playing back correct, then. Correct, correct. Yeah, he's a TP player, man. TP was. <laughs> Him, there would be uh, Mike Wobble. The, the college and, and the club. The yeah. Frazier from Long Island. Okay. It, was, it was like the who's who of lacrosse. That was fun. It, it, like I said, it, it, it was great. Yeah, uh, twice a day practice. It was, it was at Rutgers. Okay. The summer of Federico was on that team? Yeah, we had. Uh, uh, what's his name? Mackesy, the guy that ended up. Oh, okay. Dan Mackesy from Cornell. Okay. okay. Great. I mean, yeah. Okay. Hands up. Great Frederico goal. Federico was just unbelievable. Yeah. He was, yeah. for stopping a for shot, st yeah. Yeah. He was, there, there was no one on the planet. He was uh, just unbelievable. I was an alternate on the 82 team. I think I wasn't as intense about playing with possibly I should have been. Luckily, I was still in the States at the time, yeah. coaching at the West Point Prep School, Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. Okay. And I was playing on the Jersey lacrosse team, New Jersey lacrosse team. Okay. Yeah. The only people to meet the world team that year was the alternate team. Played at Homewood, we were in the U.S. that time. 
the USA team just, you know, order of guy going from college yep. to the pros. Oh, it's just a blast. Yeah. I had more fun. And... What do you think of the game now? Oh, I think it's so much what? better than, than, I mean, the quality of play is better uh, over yeah, the years. Athleticism. Unbelievable. Uh, everybody yeah. can catch and throw. Everybody's an athlete. You know, we had guys that were just learning the game on okay. the team that and never played before. That you brought them up and they're on your varsity team mm, mm. in second or third string. They're great, you know, good athletes, but just tough to the level. Now every single person on the team can yeah. catch and throw, and mm. knows the fundamentals. Uh, great sport. I, I still think the defense is a little soft. <laughs> yeah. what, you? What, what do you think of, of the game now? I think just uh, the athleticism is unbelievable. Of course. Playing all the different sports, I think, makes you better. It does. That it rounds you out and yeah. gives you more opportunities to it's grow healthy. physically, it's mentally. Uh, if you specialize real early, I think you're losing a whole lot. You don't get that experience and, and seeing the strength. Mm -hmm. it, it just, for me, I think kids ought to do everything they can when they're young. Get to college, you know, by then, yeah. and now you're going to specialize a little bit more. Yeah, I, I agree. Know, I'm the same not, way. Um, there's not too many Deion Sanders in the world that can play multiple sports, you know. There's, mm -hmm. Once you get to college level, you're you're pretty much focused. Of course, I want to play football and lacrosse, but the Army football program, a very different program from the lacrosse program. A big program. They recruit lots of people about the same level. It wasn't number one in the nation. It wasn't top ten in the nation. You were you know, a little run down from there, and we were small. You know, mm -hmm. Of course, you go to freshman year at Army, I think I lost 25 pounds in what we wow. call beast barracks. Okay. So I went from about... 205, I think I was 177 at the last one. And then trying to play college linebacker with that. Never did gain that weight back, I think, until my sophomore year. Wow. You know, and so used to knocking people down, and now you're in college with bigger, faster guys, and it's just not knocking them down. Right? <laughs> and, and I remember never really getting that passion from the coaches because mm -hmm. I went from football then to lacrosse, and my goodness, Dick Adele cared. Okay. He cared about what you would, every single person on the team yeah. he knew. At Army, it's very different. You know, the football offense knew the offense, defense knew the defense. Coaches were kind of separated. It was we had a loose saving. It just come from the Buffalo Bills. But his his attitude was not the same attitude that you saw in Dick Adele, which was so passionate about being a family and a team. Everybody all together. Everybody knowing. We won and lost together. We seemed kind of separated offensively. Instead said, I'll stick with lacrosse, and then my second year they started talking All-American and doing very, very well in my sophomore. Yeah. And all of a sudden the same football coach told me, you really weren't that good in football, we don't need you. He was writing letters in the Army papers saying, Bob Henry coming back to football his junior year before he even talked to me. Wow! I was so mad, and I, I never went back, and I was, you know, I was stuck on lacrosse. Just wow. loved lacrosse, just a passion for the game of lacrosse. <laughs> so you, you equally had that passion with soccer and lacrosse. That, that right. never dwelled. No, it was always there. Yeah, I've always, I've always played, played both sports, huh. all, all throughout all four years. Uh, I'm a good basketball player. I mean, just, <laughs> oh, no, I know, he didn't talk about that part. He plays everything. He's got a sport. Jose is darn good at it. I guarantee. I think I mean, a lot of it's like we're talking about in the, in the car rides, right? just, just that competitiveness. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what you're gonna do. You're gonna compete. You're gonna, you're gonna play to win. What has that four years of Army lacrosse? done for you in your career? I mean, what you learned, what you got out of it, I wonder what you can say about that. I think, and that's one of the things sports, any sport does for an individual, it gives you the passion. And if you play at a very high level, unfortunately both Jose and I, Jose and I have gotten to pretty good levels, that passion showed you success. And if you take that same passion and put it in your life, 
you know, work, family, whatever it is, if you put that level of passion, you succeed. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what you do. And, and definitely in the Army is, is a world of, you have to go fight wars, you have to have a passion for your job. Mm -hmm. You know, people's lives are at stake. If you don't do well, mm -hmm. you know, bad, very, very bad things happen. And, you know, it just carries on. Misplaying the athletic part of it, <laughs> but I think the passion for what you do, and, and you see this in military people, we have a very strong passion of getting the job done correctly. Yeah. Doing what's right, doing the fundamentals, taking care of people, being a team. It's kind of followed on my whole career. I've always liked getting to that best level. Where I work now, I work with some great people who are the best of the best on the planet. And that's pretty humbling, but it's fun. You learn, you're always learning, getting better. That work ethics, that passion feeds the work ethics. That's what propels you to do better and motivates you to do better and, uh, and achieve the goals that you set. And I'll tell you, as far as transpires on the field, there's a microcosm of your life. You know, the way you approach the game is the way you approach life. When you compete, you work hard to achieve the goals. And what I always like to say is, I'm going to find a way to win. Win legally. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about shortcuts or doing mm -hmm. anything unethical. I'm about winning legally. For example, if I'm going against an opponent, first of all, I should be better than him, better prepared, mentally, physically. Put that aside. If he's technically better than me, then I've got the motivation over him. If he's stronger than me, I've got the quickness over him. If he's stronger and quicker, I'm always going to find what it takes to defeat him. That's how I approach every, every situation, every competition. You know, I never go into a, a competition thinking I don't have a chance to win. No. No. Because I know I can find a way to win. Tell you more than likely he is going to win. That's a wrap for this show. Thanks for listening. To hear more content like it, go to fredopi.com. If you have questions about advertising and sponsoring this show, contact us at fdopie at gmail.com. That's fdopie at gmail.com.